Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. There was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth. I'm also joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And Devin. Hey, this is Devin GD Harpo on Twitter. Thank you both for joining as we delve into Sansa Seven uh, from a King of Crow, uh, a Clash of Kings, a King of Crows. It's wow, been a you while, made a folks. whole new book. Wow. A whole new book. <laughs> Breaking news, everybody. This is a close the door exclusive. <laughs> uh, first off, I just want to apologize for anyone that has to listen to this voice. I'm a little under the weather, so you get what you get. Okay. Uh, spoilers for everything. Um, and uh, with that, let's just get into the chapter. Um, so it opens up with like a wounded Lancel being very upset with Cersei's orders to pull Joffrey back into the castle. You know, there's hundreds of men that have lost heart at the sight of Joffrey being pulled back and, you know, they've fled. And then uh, Cersei orders the drawbridge raised and, you know, no one is to leave or enter without her say. She asks where Joffrey is and that he be brought to her. Lancel objects to this because he knows it's going to only be a repeat of what just happened, uh, leading to more retreat. And then, you know, Lancel raises his voice and like says, no. And uh, if they lose the castle, they, they'll all die anyway. And, you know, Cersei, like, open palm slaps his wound, almost, like, knocking her cousin out with the pain. And then she yeah, leaves. Classic, classic Cersei moment right there. Yeah. Like, it's such a... She's just... I mean, it was kind of nice to see Lancel kind of stand up to her. But, man, did he pay for it. <laughs> anyway, and she leaves the room, and it causes, like, a number of the women to panic. So it's kind of like this just like domino effect of her actions, like her poor actions and like the kind of like what it does to the morale of the people, the people she's supposed to be leading or inspiring. Yeah, it's not. She's she is not that kind of leader, folks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but Sansa is. So like it's in this moment when, you know, Cersei's left the room. Everyone's starting to look a bit panicked. Sansa gets up and she tries to comfort them. And she says, you know, the, the men outside are fighting bravely. The, the queen will return. And then she asks Moon Boy to entertain them. And, you know, it works for a time. And then, like, I really enjoyed this bit where you have servants kind of like just slowly noping out of the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, it describes, like, the torches are kind of going out. And then there's, like, some light looting that is happening. It's just like the tides are turning. <laughs> some light treason. Yeah, it's it's a really good um, it's a really good display of how Cersei talked a good game in the last chapter where she's like, oh, you have to keep a tight rein or, you know, everything will fall apart. And then she completely lets go of the reins and everything <laughs> does fall apart. Exactly what she was like you know, acting like she was so smart and going to avoid having happened in the last chapter. It's great. Yeah. When it comes down to it, mm, no, her true, true colors shown on full display. <laughs> Always. Yeah. 
And I will say, you know, like just some, I know like for context, we kind of tend to record like a few chapters at a time. And it just happened that for this set of chapters, we get like Sansa, uh, Danny, and Arya. And it was really fun reading them in that, that trio like this, because you get to kind of see like these, these women, these young women, and kind of these, this world that they're navigating and how each of them are surviving by their wits, their intelligence, their strength. It's, um, I don't know, just, just a little aside from me. Yeah. So uh, Dantos uh, whispers to Sansa um, to go to her room, and uh, she does. And we get this like uh, poetic description of the fires that she's seeing outside her room, and it's like a mix of like real fire and um, the green flames. And uh, she tells herself that you know she'll go to sleep, and when she wakes up, the sky will be blue again. It'll be a new day, and she'll know whether or not she's to live or die. And um, she doesn't realize it until this moment, but the hound has been waiting for her in her room and he grabs her and warns her not to scream. And then he threatens that if she does, he'll kill her. And she, she can tell like he's, he's really, really drunk. And um, he tells her that he is leaving and then asks if uh, she will, he tells her that she, he's leaving and she asks why she came, why he came there. And he says, you promised me a song, little bird. Have you forgotten? She didn't know what he meant. She couldn't sing for him now here, with the sky swirl with fire and men dying in their hundreds and their thousands. I can't, she said. Let me go. You're scaring me. Everything scares you. Look at me. Look at me. The blood masked the worst of his scars, but his eyes were white and wide and terrifying. The burnt corner of his mouth twitched and twitched again. Sansa could smell him, a stink of sweat and sour wine and stale vomit, and over it all the reek of blood, blood, blood. I could keep you safe, he rasped. They're all afraid of me. No one would hurt you again, or I'd kill them. He yanked her closer, and for a moment she thought he meant to kiss her. He was too strong to fight. She closed her eyes, wanting it to be over, but nothing happened. Still can't bear to look, can you? She heard him say. He gave her arm a hard wrench, pulling her around and shoving her down onto the bed. I'll have your song. Florin and Jonquil, you said. His dagger was out, poised at her throat. Sing, little bird. Sing for your little life. What a romance, huh? I, I was just going to say, can someone explain this ship to me? <laughs> I, I don't I mean... fucking understand it, and neither do some of the questions we have. <laughs> like, everybody's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I think just uh, we used to be so conditioned to just put up with this kind of junk in fiction. <laughs> it was not un- unusual, but this is so terrible. And it's like, she's 12. What What are you doing? This yeah. is disgusting. Stop it. It's everything pretty, about this is it's pretty. Everything good. about this chapter is just like you just like want to like run around with a sign that you can just hold up that goes Sansa's 12 at everything that happens to her, you know, like at everything that anyone says to her, like. She's 12. Could we not? I mean, same goes for Danny's chapters, too. There's, like, definitely yeah. a moment. We'll go yeah. into that one next. But, like, yeah, like, a lot of these. It's like, this is we're not so cool. Like, <laughs> George, why? <laughs> so much of this, I just, you know, I hate to pick this stuff apart, but I'm just like, I, I get why he has Sander go to her room that clearly, you know, Sander is, you know, obsessed with her in a way and all this stuff. And I'm just like... 
If he was this scared, why didn't he just run away right away? Why would he go back into the Red Keep where he's more likely to get burned? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the older I get, the more I kind of sometimes I have. He's he's pretty good at secondary and tertiary characters, you know, acting in, in ways that seem really well motivated. But this one, I'm just like, I don't I don't get what the game was here because he doesn't force her to come with him. It's just kind of a weird thing. I mean, you know, it's mostly for Sansa's character, obviously, because he loves to set this up where he gives someone a moment where they they could have made another choice or gone a different direction. And maybe things would have been better for them or maybe they would have been worse, but they definitely would have been different. And this is one for her. This is definitely her her road not taken. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, this kind of whole scenario, too. I think he's a little light and kind of how terrifying this scenario would have been for somebody like this. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's not very realistic, I, I think. Um, like, I I think anybody who would have been in a, a situation, I mean, imagine it. You're in your room. It's dark. There's a war going on outside. And then this creep is in your room. <laughs> giant scary man and there's no description of that at all like of her reaction to it yeah and in fact she will very much kind of romanticize this yes, later yes, so. it's so fucked <laughs> oh god uh did we want to like maybe cover some of the mail at this point you yeah, mentioned there was some. yeah there's a couple so and we've touched on it a little bit so Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord um, asks, why does anyone on Earth <laughs> reading this chapter think that Sansan um, is romantic? I never understood that, and this chapter only confirms why. He's a grown man terrifying a 12-year-old girl. She might remember it differently later on, but again, she's 12. Of course, she's going to find him fascinating, which leads to her thinking he actually kissed her, but I just don't get it. Maybe it would be easier to swallow if the five-year gap had happened, or even if Sansa had been a bit older to start with. Yeah, all fair yeah. points. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if if Sansa were like 19 or 20 here, this would be a very different conversation. Um, uh, yeah, I mean... 12. I, I, I want to reiterate... Santan is a thing and it is romantic. <laughs> it is a romantic thing. I, I understand, I think, what Cardinal, Cardinal Girl is saying, which is why does anyone ship it or whatever? I mean, I've always low key shipped it and I'm ashamed of myself. I mean, like, it's just, <laughs> you know, we used to just not, not respond to these things the way that we should have. I don't know how else to say it with fiction, but. The product you know, of the times. We are at an age where. <laughs> Yeah, you, you kind of just got used to this with fantasy and bodice rippers and actually in everything. It was in all mm -hmm. fiction. Like, all, this media. Would be all media. All media. Let's, let's yeah. be real. Yeah. Uh, oh, um, so we have another from Spick and Span on Reddit. Um, asks, why would the Hound offer to take her away when realistically he'd be putting her in more danger? At best, he would be compromising her virtue and future um, marriageability. Is this something he thought about before and finally got the courage to do after Blackwater? Yeah, I think this is, you know, he's come to a fuck it point because he knows yes. Joffrey's, Joffrey's not going to forgive him for this, for bailing. And um, so he knows, you know, he knows he's out, so he has nothing to lose. So he's like, maybe maybe I should save her, too. And I I I can understand why it doesn't read like him <laughs> trying to save her because it's pretty <laughs> gross. But, um, you know, I mean, 
as far as what he's thinking, I, I don't think of Sander as, as a, a long-term um, strategist. So I'm, I'm sure he's not really thinking through all the consequences and oh, he I don't may think be he rightly thinking. Oh no. Yeah. He, he's totally in his, in the moment and in his cups. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, and I mean, there's a short-term situation here, which is it It looks very much, you know, at the point where Sander left the battle, it looked very much like Stannis was going to win, and he probably was like, she might be in more danger here, which is probably, probably could have very well been true. So I don't, I don't know that he had a long-term strategy, and I don't know that it would have been more dangerous for her if something had gone a different way. Hmm. And I mean, in the end, is it more? I mean, what is more dangerous? She's just in nothing but danger nonstop. Yeah, I'm trying to puzzle out. I guess like if if Stannis had won at this moment, and you said Sansa is in danger, if San- Stannis is like wins, what? I mean, I don't know if I, I don't, I'm saying that Stannis would necessarily have immediately harmed her. But, you know, we, we know what happens in these battles when these soldiers, right, like, right, storm the Red Keep with their blood up. We know what happened to Ilya Martel. I mean, like, yeah. you know, I think she is in a lot of danger just from the, the battle itself. And then as far as what Stannis might do to her, I mean, like, using her as a pawn is one thing. But, you know, he, he's uh, certainly not against um, burning people of royal blood just for advantages. <laughs> so, you know. There's also that issue as well. Because, I see. You know, yes. We, yeah. we will have him. We will have him come very close to doing that to his own nephew. So. Right. Fair yes. point. Um, and with with the hound being in his cups. Um, so Green uh, Mountain Woman on Reddit asks, did he mean it when he offered to take Sansa with him or was it just drunken bravado? Um, what would he have done if she had accepted, which we already kind of touched on a little bit? Oh, not so likely with a knife at her throat. So, yeah. yeah, I really do think he's was just like like Chicky said, like in a fuck it mentality. Like he's mm-hmm. gone this far. If she comes, whatever. If she doesn't, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really think he could have gone either way, and he did. And I just <laughs> wonder realistically how far they even could have made it out of the city. Like, do you even get out of the city with everything going on? It just seems. Well, that's what Sansa uh, I mean, says to him, right? He, he can only kill, but so many people. That's what she says to him at one point. Like, how far do you plan to go? And he's like, he had his white cloak. And he was like, well, I plan on taking this. You know, I have this. I, who's who's going to stop me? And um, and then he, like, tosses it away at the end of this chapter. But I, so that was the bottom. I was like, uh, you're, that's your hall pass. You just left it. <laughs> I think it was I think it was the sword that he said was his hall pass. But, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think he probably... You know, I mean, I think there's as much chance he could have gotten out of the city with her as he does getting out on his own, which he definitely does yeah, do. Yeah, um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is the the road not taken, so it's it's you know mm-hmm. these counterfactuals. I always kind of run out of steam really fast for him because it didn't happen. So yeah. <laughs> who knows? There's probably I'm guessing a shit ton of fan fiction out there too if you want to go down there. that road. Absolutely, oh, I'm is sure yes. an abundance. <laughs> yeah, go there. From this moment forward, like from this moment in the books forward, there's <laughs> yes. probably so much. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, Sansa is scared, and you know her throat is dry, but she does manage to sing. And uh, when she's finished, the Hound says "Little Bird" and then leaves her, discarding his white cloak on the floor. And then after some time, she crawls and huddles beneath the cloak on the floor. And 
then eventually the sounds of the bells begin to ring and she notices it's not like mournful sounds like when Robert died, but more lively and cheerful ringing. And then we have a very drunk Dantos delivering the news that Stannis has been defeated. He's fled or dead. No one really knows at this point. And um, he's, they've beat back. They've been beaten back by all the Westerland lords, uh, Highgarden and Casterly Rock. And uh, they've been led by Lord Renly in a complete with green armor and his antlered helm. And uh, that, that brings us to the end of that chapter. It's going to be a big party tonight. Yeah. Yeah. And all, all Sansa can do is celebrate with Dantos. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay. laughs> Oh, oh so um so we have another question. Um this one was also from Green uh, Mountain Woman on Reddit. Um do you think the people and soldiers actually believe that Renly had come to save them? <laughs> it's possible. You know, I mean these people believe in a lot of superstitious stuff, so I mean it it could be possible. I mean I'm sure that pretty quickly the rumors get out that it was actually Loras, but yeah, but I could just imagine it, like seeing as he rode in with, I mean, Renly's everything going. Like I could, yeah, I, they act, absolutely believed it for a time until it was clear that oh, that's not him. I think at yeah. that point in a fight too, and you're losing this badly, you don't care who shows up just as long as True. it's turning as in your favor. Could be fucking Santa Claus for all I care, you know. <laughs> Although it should be noted, Renly was a very popular dude. With the small folk, That's with true. everyone, really. Santa's popular. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Santa is popular. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Was that it for all the mail, Devin? Oh uh, no, we have a couple. Oh, good. We have a couple more. <laughs> Let's so, not go out um, on this note. So... Please give us another. <laughs> <laughs> Speak and span on um, Reddit. Um, they ask, why did Sansa misremember this night and come to believe that the Hound kissed her? Is it a way to protect herself psychologically? Uh, it's a low bar. Like the Ben and Sansa's <laughs> life it is a low, low bar she has. <laughs> That's the only answer I, I can come up with. Um, yeah, I think I, I think it is it is like an emotional self-protection. I'm actually in the camp who thinks that this scene probably did originally have a kiss and George took it out and forgot that he took it out. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and I, I actually think that's what actually happened. I oh suspect gosh. that's the reality. But um, yeah, I think this is just, you know, this is something that Sansa has to to hold on to, um, I think especially when Sander is not present and he's not reminding her of how awful he is to her when he is present. He seems like just a protecting force. You know, I mean, he, he did pretty dramatically save her during the riot. And I think that, you know, that that feeling of being saved um, and of feeling secure or like someone will come in and, and rescue you probably is pretty powerful for her to cling to as like a, you know, like maybe there's hope or something thing. So I, you know, I can totally understand why she, why she just kind of could invent it in her mind. Although I, I actually think it's just a George mistake. Hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. That's a oh, really yeah. much better answer than mine. That one. <laughs> <laughs> um, our last piece of mail um, from Buckle Hair on discord 
Um, Ags, how important is memory and fiction to this chapter? The ghost of a kiss that never was, a Sandor that never existed, the ghost of Renly, people fleeing because a king wasn't there. People fleeing because of Joffrey not being there. I know he's a king and it's more of a symbol, like a status than anything, but it's fucking Joffrey. That's not going to make me throw down my sword. (laughs) (laughs) Just to go back to... If anything, I never would have picked one up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it just says like the the kind of hit on the the head the the importance of memory the memory that you took out a kiss that you had wrote <laughs> his chick he mentioned yeah a woman well, never I would think, have done that I don't think <laughs> I think I think I think there's definitely uh, a a thread here of Sansa learning about the importance of myth though through some of these things that happened to um you know I think she she is gradually learning you know what will matter and what kind of sticks in people's minds and and what maybe um, motivates them or activates them or gets them to care about things. And I think eventually these things will, will come together for her and she will learn how to use them really well. So there is the memory thing in in the term, in terms of, of using legend and stuff, I think probably actually is deliberate in in some way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And that was all the questions, but we do have one um, just comment from stinking goose on Reddit. No, No real question here. Just looking forward to your take on this chapter. I'm excited to hear what you all have to say about San San. I've mm. been working on my. <laughs> Sorry. I've been working on my second reread of the books and it's been great having your analysis to listen to after each chapter. I'm about to finish up a Game of Thrones, so I'm not quite caught up to where you are now, but I just wanted to say keep up the good work. Your insight is appreciated and enjoyed. Perhaps someday down the road, I can join you on an episode again. Is the sink is the stinking goose still the official end of the close the door podcast? <laughs> Take <Yeah>. care and <laughs> always again for all you're doing to keep us entertained while we wait for the book that was promised. Oh, thank you for that. We needed that as yeah. we're coming. We're yes, we're heading toward great. the end of the Clash of Kings, so it's good to have the motivation. And we hope you still listen after this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the Sansan thing. It's so hard. I mean, like, I, I do mildly ship it. It's the kind of thing where if Sansa were older, I, I would have no problem shipping it. But and she I, is not. And I, it would be the kind of thing if not. Sander was a completely different person, I might ship it. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't. I like Sander. Child I, murdering freak. Yeah. He's not great. He's not great. He's no Jamie. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've seen a uh, repetition here. <laughs> There's a pattern. <laughs> I I just you know, I I totally I totally understand why people don't like it and don't want to have to deal with it. But I think um, number one, yes, it is intentional. It is it is a romantic ship that exists in the canon of the books, and I think will absolutely be revisited and be something we will be. Dealing with um, in the hypothetical future where George R. R. Martin, uh, <laughs> publishes more of this series, <laughs> and we'll just all have to, I guess, swallow our vomit as we move through it. Oh God! What a, in that pretty picture? Um, thank you for sending your mail in. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh, you can keep sending us messages at close the door and at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Tumblr, Reddit, Twitter. We're uh, at door podcast on Twitter and consider supporting us on Patreon. 
please like and subscribe, review, and recommend this podcast to to you know wherever you listen and to all who would listen. Um, on that any note, San San that you know, yeah, make sure all your San San friends find this episode in particular. <laughs> Just send it to all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Okay, on that note, closing the door. Get out. <laughs>